I want to take a few moments today for everybody watching this, for the Fellowship of the Withered Hand to reflect on what's going on in Florida. Uh, Hurricane Ian has created a wave of destruction that is almost beyond our capacity to imagine. And we know that uh, many lives have been lost and we don't know how many more that will be discovered and hundreds of folks had to be rescued. The levels of um, destruction, people who have lost homes, um, businesses that may not be able to rebuild are just staggering. And so we want to think and pray for folks who are in Florida. We've gotten texts from folks from Florida. And I just wanted to say as part of a community that um, we are with you. We are praying for you. I know numbers of you will know a variety of ways through Red Cross or others that you can give to try to help what's going on in Florida. And we want to stand with people um, who are suffering and ask, is there something I can do to help? This is never just an abstract question. This is something where we, especially as followers of Jesus, are to stand together with others who suffer. And I wanted to take a few moments for all of us together as a community to reflect on this because the question of suffering and where is God in the midst of suffering? Where is God when a hurricane like this happens? Why does God not stop it? Why is it that people have to go through so much pain in this world in which we live is an ancient question. And no one can be a thoughtful person without raising it and struggling with it. And so we do that as well, not as an abstract philosophical question, but as um, people who are a part of a human community that know what it is to suffer. I thought I would mention a book uh, you might have heard of. It's written by David Bentley Hart, who's a very gifted Eastern Orthodox theologian. And he wrote it after the tsunami in Asia in 2004 that killed uh, untold hundreds, thousands of people and uh, created lots and lots of questions about God and where is God. And it's called The Doors of the Sea. It's a reference to a passage in Job, Job 38, I think it's verse 8. Um, uh, where were you when the sea was placed behind its doors after bursting forth from its womb? And that image that somehow there are doors to the sea, that God is a God of order. And so part of what we see in creation is when creation works right, a sense of shalom and water and dry land, sky and earth are separated so that creation can be good. But then why is it that events like this happen? And the, the place to begin is really in silence. And Hart actually says, he, he wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal around this particular occasion reflecting on these questions. Uh, when lots of people were raising those questions of where was God, is it possible to believe in a good God in the midst of human suffering? And, and he talks about how the place to begin is with silence that simply acknowledges the reality of suffering and acknowledges the reality that we don't have all the answers to this, that there is a great mystery and that to try to be facile or to pretend like there is a way to explain why it is that people suffer the way that they do 
can do far more harm than good. And uh, of course, sometimes there are people in the church who not only want to answer, but want to give an answer in a way that can make suffering worse for people or create misunderstandings about God. In particular, uh, Hart talks about the idea that uh, somehow God is the author of bad things and understanding of who God is or what it is that God does that says really it's just his will when terrible things happen. And he says in quite an eloquent way that that is not the case, that there is a mystery to evil, that what scripture teaches us clearly about God is that God is a good God and that creation itself shows us this. And though we know it is a good thing that there is the earth, that it is better that the earth exists, it's better that creation exists than that it did not. And that the evil and suffering comes in it is something that we are not able to fully give an explanation for. But that when we seek to understand it, where scripture consistently points us to is that God is a God who cares. And that particularly it points us to the mystery of the cross and that God himself is a God who chooses to experience suffering. And that we see in the willing, voluntary acceptance of suffering on the cross by Jesus the heart of God, the love of God in its deepest expression, that God is a God who chooses to enter into human sorrow for some reason. And that we are pointed beyond um, the pain of our world uh, to a hope, not an optimism that things will get better, but a hope that creation is good and that God will one day redeem it. And so in Romans 8, for example, Paul says, that creation itself groans in agony, like in childbirth, and that it was subjected to frustration, not willingly, but in hope, by the one who subjected it, that one day it will experience liberation, that God will one day bring about the redemption, the reconciliation, the healing, the wiping away of tears. And that really the alternative to understanding this in light of suffering is simply to say there is no meaning. It's just random, chaotic pain that can never be redeemed. So uh, Hart ends with these words, and I wanted to offer them to you as we reflect on what's going on in our country this day. And remember that the reality is there is great pain in some human life, in many human lives, every single day, day after day. And that even though my life may be okay, that does not mean that things are okay. This is what David Bentley Hartz writes. This is on page 103 of these reflections after that particular tsunami when the sea burst out of its doors now almost 20 years ago. Uh, that the hope of the Christian faith is that one day God will bring about the redemption, the healing of all things. Until that final glory, however, the world remains divided between two kingdoms where light and darkness, life and death grow up together and await the harvest. In such a world, our portion is charity. What we know that we are called to is not despair, but love. And our sustenance is faith. And so it will be to the end of days. As for comfort, when we seek it, I can imagine none greater than the happy knowledge that when I see the death of a child, 
I do not see the face of God, but the face of his enemy. When I see the death of a child, I do not see the face of God. I don't look at that and say, oh yes, God planned all this out. This is God's will for death and destruction to come here. Paul talks about death in this very, very deep way in 1 Corinthians 15. And he does not say death is God's instrument or death is God's tool or death is what God uses when it's time to... He says death is the enemy. It is wrong. God is opposed to it. And it will be the last enemy to be defeated. Now, we are able to... to uh, he goes on to say um, uh, that evil and suffering when we see it is not something that we can explain, but it's also not something that can defeat faith either. For it is a faith that set us free from optimism long ago and taught us hope instead. Optimism is the belief that things will get better, and often from a human perspective, commitment to progress through technology, through education, through human means, leads people to optimism, and then a moment of suffering comes and is defeated. Hope is the conviction that life makes sense, that life has meaning, because God created it and God will one day redeem it. Now we are able to rejoice that we are saved, not through the imminent mechanisms of history and nature, but by grace that God will not unite all history's many strands into one great synthesis. It will all be one. It will all make sense one day. But will judge much of history false and damnable. He will not simply reveal the sublime logic of fallen nature, but will strike off the fetters in which creation languishes. That rather than showing us how the tears of a small girl suffering in the dark were necessary for the building of the kingdom, he will instead raise her up and wipe away all tears from her eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor any more pain, for the former things will have passed away. And he that sits upon the throne will say, Behold, I make all things new. God is in the midst of suffering because God takes suffering on himself supremely in the cross. God is at work in suffering because one day he will redeem it. I love you. I pray with you and for you. See you next time.